Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Peter, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Brilliant. Got that out of the way. Fantastic. Let's talk about a sponsor, shall we? Let's. So the sponsor this week is... I'm I'm sorry. I've got to just take a step back and applaud ourselves for how well we did there. How efficient we just were. Just really concise, but now we're losing brilliant. time by no, applauding. But this is how we do it. Yeah, we, we have do. to make up the time, by which I mean lose the time elsewhere. Fantastic. Ten seconds of uninterrupted pattering. Smattering? Smattering? A light smash. A light okay. flurry. Another we, light flurry. Here we go. That was really weird because not only was it very difficult to count with I an irregular I beat, forgot to count. Uh, but also we were clapping at the same time, which of course is not how people, they don't go. Well, they do in some countries, actually. That's weird. In some Isn't European countries. strange? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Fundamentally a weird thing. Anyway, let's talk about the sponsor for this week. They allow us to do the show, of course. Uh, we're eternally grateful for these very real sponsors. This week it's a film. Okay. We're sponsored by the upcoming movie Doom Fraternal. Oh, Doom Fraternal. Yes. Two brothers in a van. Honestly? And then they, very close. they went to hell. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. So this, uh, it, it follows uh, Greg and Johannes. They're two brothers. Mm. Uh, there's, there's this demon invasion that happens. It's just hugely inconvenient. Oh, so many hijinks. It's a comedy. Oh, yeah. It's written and directed by Paul Feig. Who, Doom of course, is pretty funny. You'll know from Bridesmaids, The Heat, and uh, the Ghostbusters all-female cast reboot. I think you mean Feige. Feige. I, I actually don't. Fiji. Uh, and it stars Christian Wig, Kristen Wig, sorry, and Melissa McCarthy as uh, Greg and Johannes. Oh. Okay. And Paul Feig just lets them do what they want. Yeah. It's all, Im- it's, it's, it's got an improvisational tone. Right. It's funny. It's empowering. Uh, there's there's a talking demon called Jeremy, oh, Jeremy, who they're best mates with. What I'm saying is director and writer Paul Feig has done an, another outstanding job here by just sort okay. of letting his cast run rampant over the whole production. Mm-hmm. And then he um, gets to just put his name on it at the end. And he just laughs along. He just goes, <laughs> They do cut, all the work. Cut. That yeah. was perfect. So Doom Fraternal, it's in cinemas uh, next month. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's about two bungling brothers just trying to save the day 
The world's Sounds... been taken over by demons, and it's up to the two two bungling brothers, and Greg, Jeremy. Greg and Johannes and Jeremy. Mm -hmm. But you don't meet Jeremy until Act Two. Okay. Um, and then there's this whole betrayal thing. Where does Jeremy feel a stronger sense of um, camaraderie mm -hmm. and kinship with the demons, yeah. or is it the love that the two brothers, played by Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, show uh, that allows him to sort of see through the darkness and come to the oh. light, even though he's a horribly deformed? red horned boy the real demons were the the bad things that we did to other people down deep inside within us our friendship the friendship we made along the way exactly com. but it's not real that's a lie that. that's a lie in fact the only thing that is a lie there is that it's coming out next month because this is coming out in april oh right so okay. tiny lie yeah don't worry doom fraternal is not real and paul feig is Nowhere near it. Uh, the real sponsors, Peter, as they are week to week, are the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. If you support us at any financial tier, you get access to the podcast post mm -hmm. that we do weekly. It goes up on a Tuesday, and I tend to gather the questions on a Wednesday, so you've got about 24 hours to submit questions then. Uh, and you can ask questions on the show. It supports us. The the lowest tier that you can donate at is $1, which is extremely affordable. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, obviously. The fact that you're listening or watching this means means the world to us as yeah. it is. But if you want to ask questions and you want to support us in the process, then that's how you do it. But there are other tiers. We'll talk about those at the end of the show yeah. if you feel uh, uh, you know that you're able to support us a little bit more financially. But $1, you get to ask questions on the show. Speaking of which, mm. it's a Raron May, whose yes, name I have typoed... Quite spectacularly, I'm really sorry, Araran. Araran May. Uh, there's an extra R in it. Will Araran? Mm, Araran May. What is a game that you have found yourself buying on multiple platforms? I'm playing Puzzle Quest on Switch, and this is at least the third time, DS, then iOS, now, sw uh, now Switch, that I've bought it. My goodness. Wow. I've never heard of Puzzle Quest. I feel like I might have heard of it, but I have no idea what it is. It just... It's in my head, just sort of in a box. What's Puzzle Quest? Here's some information. It's in a Puzzle Quest. Challenge of the Warlords is a game developed by Australian company Infinite Interactive. The game combines role-playing and tile-matching elements. Taking place in a high-fantasy setting, the player moves their character around the game's world and encounters monsters and other enemies to fight, to fight as to gain experience. To fight as to gain experience. Brilliant. Thanks, Wikipedia. To no, fight, maybe as they, to they fight as them, maybe. To fight as, comma, to gain experience. Oh, that's true. Possibly. Maybe I was reading it with the wrong intonation. Yeah, I don't know. My bad. Games that are owned on multiple platforms. Can you say that word again, the first word? Games. Games. That are owned on multiple platforms. I, uh, I own or have owned Skyrim on three platforms. Okay. Three out of the 27 that it's available on. Which ones are those? Xbox 360, I had it on originally, physically. Yeah. Uh, then I got it on Steam, mm -hmm. digitally, of course. And uh, I also now own it on the Puzz 4. PlayStation 4. Yeah. Um, likewise, in fact, those exact three platforms, uh, I suspect by the end of the month, I will own Bioshock on all three of those. Currently have owned it on um, 360 and have it on Steam. Uh, it's currently on um, the Bioshock Collection, PlayStation Plus. Exactly. Yeah, the whole, the, yeah, in, the entire collection, indeed. Uh, I own all three on Steam, but I only owned one and two on 360. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about getting Plus again. My Plus ran out in January, mm. and uh, I'm like, well, I need to, 
I know that at some point in the next 12 months I'll want it, so I may as well just get it now so I can have the game that I really like. It's true. Yeah. You've got you've got a couple of weeks left. I have. You've so. got more. You've got time to Oops. mull it over and think about what you want to do. Yeah. What would you rather spend that six pounds on? Mm. You could get six pound coins. Do you pay monthly? Mm, not anymore. No, I, I don't. I'm... I need to just just buck up my ideas, bucko buddy, and just pay pay for a whole year because I know it's cheaper. Mm. Because I've definitely had consistently had PlayStation Plus for a year now, but I keep it keeps running out and just going. Uh, I don't want to spend forty eight pounds. Right. I want to. I'll, I'll spend. I'll spend twenty and get three months. And right. I know it. It adds up bad for me. Yeah. And my I've wallet. only ever bought um, Xbox Live and uh, PlayStation in in like twelve month chunks, which it is like a big. You do kind of feel like oh god, just forty quid down the drain. But then. Uh, you know, you then like within three months, you feel like I've had forty pounds worth of entertainment out of this already. Yeah. And then for the rest of the year, you've still just got plus forever. Yeah. Uh, for the rest, forever for the rest of the year. Forever for the rest of the year. I do play online a lot though, so that's yeah. that actually makes a difference. Not competitively, mind. Uh, competitive multiplayer, I'm not a fan of, but I play co-op games online. So right. Yeah. It makes sense for me to have it. What games do you own a million times? Can you guess? Um. I'm trying to think of games that are out on on lots of platforms. I mean, how many times have you had Skyrim? Probably only twice, right? Once. Once. Yeah. One and done. Yeah. As I've spoken about before, played it a a, a, a thousand million hours of it on PS3 the first month it came out, and then it, it just ruined it for me. You and never I got it again for PS4. No, no, not interested. Been tempted a couple of times, and mm-hmm. then just couldn't do it. Couldn't face it. Um. Mind you, like, because you you don't really play games on PC either, so it would no. have to be something that's just been available across the PlayStation years, just multiple times. So I don't know, Metal Gear Solid, but you wouldn't buy that. Like, for what what what's the answer? Okay, that's the that's the real question. Yeah. Final Fantasy Seven. Oh, I, of course. I own it on five platforms. I own it physically. Five. Yep, I own it physically uh, on PS One. A mm-hmm. UK copy. I own it physically on PS1, a Japanese copy. Um, I own it physically on PC. Do you? Yep. I oh. own it digitally on PS4, and I own yeah. it digitally on the PlayStation Classics PS3, PSP slash Vita digital right. release that yeah. they did. The yeah. PS4 one with trophies and stuff. So that's five. I've got five copies of that. Wowza. And if the remake counts, that's a sixth. Yeah. One went up, that's a ten. God, that is a uh, so that's a lot. I was thinking maybe one, maybe the Pokemon games, but actually, no, because they don't release them on many mm, platforms. Yeah. I've got many copies of them, mm. but in terms of individual releases, Final Fantasy VII, five. Five whole releases. G. G. Weird. G. Willikers. G. Wilson's, right? yeah. Let's move on to something that we've uh, actively been playing rather than just collecting and buying again like a big silly boy oh. or girl. Or girl. It's time for What We Play In. What we play in time, peeper, peeper teepers, TP, TP, toilet paper. Yeah. Tell me about what you've been playing at home in your house. Uh, I've been playing a couple of things at home in my house. Um, well, I've, this week I've been playing Resi 4, as usual. I realized when I downloaded the VOD from my most recent stream that I've just done the sixth part on that, which is, I think that's the longest I've ever streamed any game oh, wow. in a row. I think I'm up to maybe 10 on Stardew now. I've, I've yeah, stopped numbering them. You normally... No, not, not consecutively. No, yeah, no, it's, uh, I've it's a filler consecutively. game. Um, but that's not at home in my people house. Uh, at home in my people house, I've continued to play 
uh, Crash Bandescoops. Oh, how are you getting on with the boob, boob scoops? I'm okay. I've got like, I think I've got about five relics left to do. Because you're going for the platinum in two? Yeah, in two. Right. Yeah, I've got the platinums in, in the other two uh, of the trilogy. Uh, well, we, I say we mean that. trophy, of course, rather, because I'm sure are there platinum relics in. Yeah, there are actually. Right, yeah, okay. platinum trophy I'm going for. Um, incidentally, though, just because I've got the platinum in uh, Crash 3 doesn't actually mean that I've got all the trophies because they added trophies after the fact mm. for the new downloadable levels. In fact, they've done it for Crash 1 as well because they added um, Stormy Ascent, didn't they? That horrible deleted level. But, Awful, dreadful, yeah. cursed level. And I think you get trophies for like getting like gold platinum uh, gold relic in that or something ridiculous which is oh, sounds fun yeah sounds like a whole weekend yeah it really does um but yeah crash 2 just been chipping away at those those relics really mm. um got some sewer levels to do which you know not that fun um but yeah yeah it's, it's going okay excellent it's glad going to right. hear it there's wrestling in my direct line of vision and my my yeah, there is i'm just getting distracted i feel like there is actually another game i've played this week but I'll have to think about it but yeah you've played outside in the sun oh yeah that's what you've done tag (laughs) you can't say say or tag or tag Mm. Uh, I have played Mm. a bit more Resi 6 still sort of chipping away at that at home in online co-op I'm playing through the Ada campaign at the moment right that is a woeful campaign it's got a scary boss in it though is it yeah the one that like turns into the the ship, or it like takes over the ship with its with its blobs. Oh yeah, a doppelganger girl. It's like a blobbleganger. Yeah, it's just a big like face in the wall, and it makes weird noises and has like big teeth. Mm. Yeah, it's hard. You played it in co-op? No. See, that's where the real Dark Souls begins. Yeah, because one of you gets to play as I think citation needed our lowest ranked Resident Evil character. Oh, in the every playable Resi character ranked from worst to oh, best. God, Agent. Agent. Who, who they patched in when people complained that Ada's campaign was not co-op and the rest of them were. So they patched in Agent, who's just along for the ride. They, why not just give him a name? No. They could have made or him her. Hunk. Could have they made them Hunk. Yeah, it could have just been Hunk. Because he's got Hunk tendencies. Right. His quips are great. Yeah. He just, one of his things he can say is, nice. Oh, nice. Nice. Good job. Wow. Nice. Does he wear a gas mask like yep. Hunk? So he's just dressed he as like do, umbrella he has security. No face. Yeah. He's got no face. You can't see him. He's just security. He's just agent. Um, whenever Ada uses hunk. her grappling hook to go to a new area, agent gets teleported along because Brilliant. he can't use a grappling hook. He also can't open doors or interact with puzzles or press buttons. He's just there to shoot things. It's brilliant. What even? But you mean in co-op? Yep. He can't do Ada those things. Has, this is. I mean, all the credit in the world for them to. For, uh, to them for making it co-op mm. after the fact but it's hilariously bad you think it just, just be it just able to sort of copy and anything. paste a lot of the animations onto just a new skeleton but you would i guess not no it's too complicated yeah so agents just there and i'm playing as agent which is a real eye-opening experience brilliant because i've just i don't know if i'm stuck or if I just don't have a button prompt because mm-hmm. I'm not Ada Wong. Yeah. So that's fun. I've also been playing Bioshock, not only on stream, but I've been playing it at home as well mm-hmm. in my in my free time, my spare time. Yeah. And bloody hell, what a wonderful video game that is. It's so good, isn't it? It's the 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 level of tension that sort of permeates the first few hours of that game. And it mm. gets less tense as you go. Yeah. 
because well, it's like any spooky game is like yeah that, really. you get more comfortable you get more powerful mm. but the first few hours when you're making your way around and it, it's very clever with how it uses music and shadows and light yeah shadow you know they will frequently just turn out the lights mm. or they will make something come on screen like uh fog that will just cover the entire screen and you know the only reason they're doing it is because they're moving something around or placing something in a room or putting an enemy directly behind you so when you turn around yeah that's then in the in the hospital i know which bit you mean yeah yeah so there's 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 a lot like that and the, the fact that they don't introduce enemies who are pretending to be dead on the floor until about hour eight mm. is a real is really unfair yeah because you just when you think everything's fine you start trying to loot bodies and they go yeah and they stand up and mm -hmm. start shooting at you it's, that's not okay it's not okay oh i just remember the bit with the uh the woman who's like sort of I can't remember if she's crying or not, but she's like talking to a pram. You just see her shadow yeah, before you're around right the corner. Yeah, it's right at the start, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really early on. And you see her standing there and you're like, oh God, she's talking to a pram. Okay, what's going to be in there? Is it a, is it empty? Is mm. there a dead child in there? What's happening? Is she friendly? Is she friendly? Yeah, she might she, be, maybe she's maybe just, she's just, a, just a mother. Woman who's, yeah. yeah. And then you go around the corner. Isn't there just a gun in there? It's just a massive gun in yeah. there. Yeah, there's a, there's a pistol in there. Which always yeah. looks weird because when you're holding it, it just looks like a regular pistol. But it's the size of the pram yeah. when you go up to it. Uh, so I'm I'm near the end of that now. I, I was pushing on last night because I felt like I was really close to the end. Mm. Um, I've 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 gotten past Andrew Ryan, and and I won't say any more than that. But I, I in my head because I haven't played it for so long, I thought, oh well, that's pretty much the end of the game, isn't it? But actually, it continues for a little oh, yeah, while. After a little that. sister stuff after that, isn't it? Yeah. There? Spoilers. So. Um, so that's that's where I am currently, and I'm really really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to you playing Bioshock too, because you've never played that. No, have you? no, that's what I'm going on to next. And I'm I really like that to, game. Uh, to experiencing it for the first time. Yeah, it's not Bioshock One, uh, but mm. I still it's more still, Bioshock. I still what, dig it. What yeah. we were talking about a, a few months ago, whenever it was, when the uh, when they confirmed 2K confirmed that they were opening a new studio to make a new Bioshock mm. game without Ken Levine and without Irrational involved. Um, yeah. That you know, it's a bit like if. Bandai Namco decided, oh, we're going to do another Dark Souls without Miyazaki. Mm. It's like, wow, well, at the end of the it day, at this good, point, I kind of just want some more Dark Souls. Yeah. I kind of just want some more Bioshock. So I'm looking forward to playing uh, Bioshock 2, giving mm -hmm. that a go, because I feel like it. I, I have, I unfairly overlooked it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to rectifying that. Mm -hmm. The last thing I've played, um, and we've covered it on the channel now, is Two Point Hospital on PS4. Yes. yes. We were fortunate enough to get a code uh, about a week early uh, from... Um, uh, Dead Good Media and Jake over at Dead Good Media. So thank you very much to him for that. You, We've made a quip scope on it uh, about my experiences with the game. Mm -hmm. Played it for a few hours. Obviously, it's been out for a while on uh, on Steam and yeah. PC, but it's coming to consoles now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I believe that's out properly next week. Yeah. So make sure you you give that a good old go. I'm really looking forward to it. I really like it. At time of recording, I've not played. We were very kindly given two codes actually, mm. so we could both play it. And uh, I'm I'm yet to play mine, uh, but really excited too. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. I, I mean, I'd, I haven't obviously played the PC version, so I've got nothing to compare it to. But mm. as as my first time experiencing Two Point Hospital, full stop. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. It's it's a it's a really good approximation to theme theme hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyone who's interested in that sort of quirky '90s British game developer humor, yeah. rare humor. 
you should go check that out. Was mm-hmm. it rare? No, it was bullfrog. No, no, it was bullfrog. bullfrog yeah, yeah but I thought you meant unusual. Right, yeah, uh, uncommon. Rare, uncommon. Um, yeah, no, it was but that, that sort of yeah, it's sort of rare bullfrog. Those '90s mm. British developers that uh, and who was it that did Black and White and Fable? Oh, uh, Lionhead. Lionhead. Yeah, all yeah. that, all that sort of stuff. The heyday was in the '90s, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, go check it out. It's very good. Mm. Very, very good indeed. And go watch the Quipscope video we made about it. Peter, Yeah. time for question two. It's a question from Philip Reed. Will Philip Reed? No, but he will write. No, but our Aaron may. Um, <laughs> Who's Aaron? Our Aaron. Our Aaron. Uh, are there any... Would you like to read this no, one? No, no, no. Are there... No, a- I don't. I actively don't want to. Are there... No. Any enemies or bosses you felt bad about killing? I'm replaying Hollow Knight, which is great, by the way, and nearly all of the baddies initiate combat, so fighting them is just part of your own survival. In a few cases, though, you'll need to kill something docile, as they say in America. Docile. uh, Just because it's in your way. That sort of makes you the baddie in that case. Which murders have you felt bad about or regretted committing? In brackets, no real-life murder confessions, please. Peter Rostin. We do not need your confessions here. We do not want your confessions. I got one. Yeah. Sif from Dark Souls. Oh, Sif. Sif. It's a pretty good cleaning product, though, to be fair. Sif. Just, it's not a pun. Don't try and work it out. It's just an no, actual... No, no, I'm just, I, I understand. I'm just letting it, I'm just letting you hang. Letting it, okay, let me, I'll, I'll do it again, then let yeah, it hang. Oh, Sif, but I mean, it's a pretty good cleaning product, though. So, because it's a, it's a real cleaning product. That's a great uh, future Sponsor though, mm. you should hold on. You should put that one in your back pocket. Sif, uh, the dog. Sif the wolf. Sif, the dog man. I'm aware of Sif. Having not played the game, I'm I'm still aware of Sif, and it's yeah, sad. It is sad. Mm. So Sif is the is the faithful wolf puppy hound of uh, Artorius, a big one. The knight. It's a big puppy. He's hound. a huge puppy hound. He's massive. He's guarding the grave of Artorius. He's not undead. He's not a demon. He's not a monster. But he picks up his master's sword as you go to plunder his grave for an item that you need. And he it's his duty to protect the grave. Yeah. And he he reluctantly picks up the sword and he, he does battle with you and he makes sort of squeaking noises when you hit him mm. and towards the end of the fight he starts limping and it's not awesome at all no and if you play the DLC Artorius of the Abyss which uh, sort of transports you back in time to to allow you to actually fight Artorius mm-hmm. because he has he's a hero of legend but he's succumbed to the abyss and been sort of turned and he's gone mad mm-hmm. and you need to kill him um, you find Sif as a puppy. Yeah. And you can save Sif the puppy and summon Sif the puppy for the final battle of the DLC. So you've got little puppy Sif running alongside you, fighting in the battle. So he's your friend even more than he was before. Yeah. And he's not very good mm. because he's a puppy. And, you know, you're fighting Manus, the world eater, or yeah. whatever the hell it is, the abyss maker, the earthquake of the ground shaker. Yeah. The, the Manus... The being who stirs his tea and then puts the teaspoon back in the sugar. Oh, no. That's what you're fighting. Manus the ball fondler. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that could be a good thing, depending on what you're into. True. But Sif is not massively effective in that fight. And after you've done that, if you play it in the order where you do that before you fight Sif, if you then go and fight Sif, you get a different cutscene <gasps> where Sif pins you to the ground 
sniffs you and recognizes you. Oh, gosh. And then even more reluctantly goes to pick up its sword oh. and fight you. Sif, no. It's really sad. Uh, so that is that is one that I that was just sort of a, a sad necessity mm. in a game that makes you kill a lot of things that wants to kill you. Yeah, and then suddenly you meet this thing that, you know, it's just doing its duty, uh, but you still have to kill it. Yeah. It's sad. You do. Um, in a similar way, but kind of a bit, it seems might be a bit of a weird choice. I find that almost all, some more than others, of the enemies in Bioshock, I actually feel oh. really sorry for. But I mean, I'm mostly talking about obviously little sisters, but they're not really your enemies, are they? Uh, but certainly yeah. I've never, ever, ever harvested a little sister in my entire life of you playing not. that game. Never. It's like we were talking about last week. Your, yeah. your power fantasy in video games is to be nice to everyone yeah. and have everyone like you. Uh, but even little sisters aside, because they're not really your enemies, big daddies I feel bad about because they don't actually yeah. attack you unless you go and try and grab his little sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just sort of moan, moan like whales. They're mm. like big whale men, aren't they? Really? And they're people in there as well, aren't they? They are. But even to a very much lesser extent... The splices, some of them I feel a little bit bad for because they're just kind of, they've just been driven mad by uh, a a dystopia and like drug abuse effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, know, some of them are just really violent and horrible, but some of them you kind of look at them and you you can almost see the person that they used to be. Um, But, uh, you know, other obvious choice, the Colossi from Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, of course. um, In a kind of big daddy sort of way. And also... If you know what happens at the end of that game, then going back and replaying it and having to kill them, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, what am I doing? Um, but the other one I thought of was um, Oblivion has a bunch of people in it that you have to, you kind of have to kill for quests that I felt really bad about doing. There was the Dark Brotherhood quest. I don't know if you remember that, where you uh, you you make your way up through the ranks of the Dark Brotherhood and then sort of maybe two thirds of the way through the quest line. You start get given getting given contracts to kill all the other members of the Dark Brotherhood, right? Yeah, um, and it actually turns out that there's some some something dodgy going on, and someone's tricking you, and they're not actual official contracts. But you then kill everyone in the Dark Brotherhood, and then uh, the the head the head guy is he called? I think he's called Luce, Lucien Lachance, Le, Le right? Something. Yeah, he comes and he's like, "Oh, I thought I could stop you, get you in time." Uh, and then he tells you, like, yeah, you've been you've been played like a fiddle, like a damn fiddle. Um, also in Oblivion, do you remember the Grey Prince, the uh, the 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 Grand Champion of the Arena? Yes. There's a quest line before your final fight that you can do where he wants to know uh, about his dad because he's half orc and half something else. Mm-hmm. And when you go and find his dad's journal, it turns out he was a vampire. And then the oh. Grey Prince says, "Oh, I'm like half dirty." rotten bloodsucker right uh just kill me and then you have oh. a fight with him and he just doesn't he doesn't attack you he oh, just says man. kill me that's tragic yeah that's pretty bad but you get that sick reward money yeah and you get the um, admiring fan the, fan, well. the adoring fan He'll or whatever follow you yeah. everywhere oh, some real sad options in there yeah i will say quickly going back to the um the splices from bioshock mm. when i was exploring some of the apartments the very fancy apartments uh, last night, which is where I was up to in the game. Yeah, uh, there was one. I think it was in Sander Cohen's flat, and I didn't get the trophy for going into Sander Cohen's flat in his private re- residence. And oh. I checked, and there's a trophy for it, and it didn't pop. And I don't understand. What am I going to do? I don't understand. Um, there was a piano song playing, and two splices 
dancing, just like hugging each other and like slow dancing around. And I was like, oh man. And I fired a grenade at them. Oh. Um, but yeah, you do feel bad yeah. because these people are sort of, you hear the stuff they say. Mm. Like, well, we're just going to have to, we'll have to meet the 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 such and such next week, won't we? Yeah, Let's go yeah. for a stroll in the park. Like they're just, they're just completely lost in their own minds. Mm. Um, so yeah, there is, there is a, the whole game is tragic really. Yeah. All of it. All the characters are tragic in some way. Well, it's time, Peter, for something very odd, very weird and very new. Is it? Yes. Yeah. It's time for weird news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Weird news time! Yes. Peter! Mm-hmm. Is it going to get strange in here? It's going to get very strange. It's also going to get sweary. I'm going to. S- I'm warning everyone now. Are you going to do a swear? I'm going to say one swear word. What level of swear are we talking? Um, F S F F. I'm going to say the F word. Do you have to? Yeah. Can you say flip instead? I think just for effect, I need to say it once, and then after that, I will just say flip. Okay. But it, it won't have the same, even everybody, if you know what I'm substituting it for, it won't have the same effect unless I say it. Okay. Everybody listening, mm-hmm. there is going to be one unsen- uncensored. Yeah. That's the word, isn't it? Not uncensored. No. Uncensored swear word mm-hmm. in a matter of moments. Please avert your ears if you are delicate. Yeah. And then normal safe for work broadcasting will resume. Turn granny's wireless radio up really loud so she can't hear. Turn off her hearing aids. Oh no, don't do that. Just lock her out the room. Yeah. This is according to kotaku.co.uk, Alistair Jones. Steam's Google description briefly reads fuck Epic Games Store. Wow. There we go. I'm not going to say that word anymore. Okay. If you weren't looking for a specific PC gaming platform on Google earlier today, you may have been met with a surprising result. For a few hours this morning, the search engine's description of Steam's official website read Flip Epic Game Store, followed by a ream of weird symbols. Uh, that is... oh, that is what it looks like. Welcome oh. to Steam. 
and that was the description flip underneath. Game flip store, of a game store, and, and then a few symbols. Strange symbols. Uh, Kotaku got this via PC Games N, it says. Uh, that's obviously quite a blunder, but thankfully, it only showed up if your search term was Steam Store. It also poses the question of how exactly this happened. It's not exactly great PR for one website to be taking profanity-ridden shots at another. The answer appears to stem from a particular review posted in the early hours of Tuesday morning by a Steam user going by the name Rommel. His review of Metro Exodus, which arrived on Valve's platform recently after a year on Epic Store, reads, Flip Epic Games Store, followed by ASCII Art. Is mm-hmm. that how it's pronounced? I've never Probably really said that out loud. Probably uh, Art of a raised middle finger. Um, these reviews can appear next to the relevant game on Steam's homepage. So it's possible Rommel's showed up this morning on the homepage before being uh, scraped up by the Google bots and uh, put into the description, I guess. Either way, someone appears to have taken action as the Google description has returned to normal. But uh, there you go. So someone posted a a review that said Flip Epic Games Store and Google thought that that is what it should include in the description for Brilliant. Steam Store. Gotta love that faultless algorithm. Mm, it yeah. works really well. Well, we can't have that as the headline story for the, no, for the we episode, can't. can we? No, so no, no pressure on me so at I all. I really, really hope that you're not talking about war crimes or something. It's been... One week since you looked at me. One month since we last talked about this game. Uh, could it be Fallout 76? Oh, it might be. Mm. We go back to Kotaku now. Baktaku, okay. yeah. Kobaku. Kobaku, yeah. Kotbaku. This comes from Ethan Gack. Fallout 76 players keep crashing servers to duplicate the game's strongest armor. <laughs> it's happening again. Oh dear. Fallout 76's Strangler Heart power armor is very strong and it's super- sorry, I thought the camera turned off then. That was really weird. It caught the- it caught my eye. I don't- you know you ever get that sometimes where nothing moves? But something reflective in your room, in a room you're mm. in, suddenly catches your eye. Like, what's that? Yeah. And I don't know what it is about your brain that makes you do that. But for some reason, I thought the display had turned off on the camera and something oh. bad was happening. Let me try again. Fallout 76's Strangler Heart power armor is very strong and it's supposed to be incredibly hard to get. But thanks to the game's latest duplication exploit, more players than ever are running around in it. While Fallout 76 has been plagued by duplication glitches of one sort or another for most of its existence, this this latest one revolves around trading sets of Strangler Heart Power Armor, a reward for completing the game's arduous Vault 94 raids that were meant to be one of a kind. Mm. Unlike other items in the game, the Strangler Power Armor can only be gifted sorry, can only be crafted from plans dropped in the raid. The plans can't be traded either. Don't do the raids, don't get the power armor. Except that now, thanks to a new exploit, the rare gear is easier than ever to acquire. Brilliant. Pulling off the exploit requires two players. The first drops their strangler power armor so the second player can hop into it and claim it as their own. They then immediately crash the server so that when they log back on, the game thinks they both own a set. Crashing the server on command might seem hard, but thanks to a building glitch that lets players stack as many metal walls on top of one another as they like, it's actually quite easy. Oh, God. As a result, the game's subreddit, subreddit is currently full of reports from players across PS4 and Xbox One complaining about both unstable servers and an abundance of strangler power armor. Sites like eBay and other black market hotbeds for trading in-game loot are currently full of listings for the gear, which with places 
with prices sorry, dropping as low as $10 in some cases. <laughs> it's understandable why players might be willing to fork, out, fork over the equivalent of one of Fallout 76's microtransactions for the set, since it's so hard to get the standard way. In addition to needing to collect all the crafting plans for the Strangler Power Armor, players also have to collect enough Vault 94 steel to actually make it, requiring dozens of hours stuck carrying out the same tedious raid missions <sighs> over and over. God. I mean, the the worst part about that is that the duplication glitch requires uh, requires the players to crash a multiplayer server, not a private yeah. server, a server that's like being run by Bethesda. So that there's, you know, how many is it like about twelve players to a server in that in that game or something to a world? Like that. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I think you can have up to maybe up to twenty of something. All like right, that, okay. Anyway. Well, so in any case, if if there's a fairly full world and then someone decides that they're going to yeah. do that glitch, that's like you know, 12 to 20 people who are going to have their server crashed because mm-hmm. someone wants some armor. Yeah. So Also, wow. some of the my most frustrating times with Fallout 76 were because of server crashes. Mm-hmm. Like, launching nukes was a complete task yeah. because it took about an hour and a half of actually playing it to get from the start of entering the bunker to launching the codes because you have to go all over this underground nuclear bunker depending on which one you go to it's it's exactly the same and each time i got maybe an hour into it and the server crashed and it might have just been some selfish asshole duplicating wood or something yeah because this has always been how you've how you've had to duplicate it i remember looking up the glitch videos at the time right and they always had a really healthy dislike ratio because people were rightly saying you guys are just saying, you know, and then crash the server. Mm. So, but that really negatively impacts other players. I don't care if you're duplicating stuff, but when you have to ruin someone else's experience yeah. potentially to do it, then that's that's a that's a dick move. It quite is, frankly, yeah, big old dick move. Yeah. Um, well, God, on that bombshell, <laughs> should we move on to uh, question three? Yeah, let's do it. It's from Jim Johns. Jim Johns. Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. Hi, BB and TP. Hi. Are the company practices of EA, Ubisoft, and Activision hurting the games industry with them intentionally shipping lower quality unfinished products to maximize profits? Expecting customers to pay full price for incomplete products seems unsustainable. What would it take for this corporate greed to end and get back to making making quality games like they used to? Mass Effect 2, Dead Space, Mirror's Edge, Beyond Good and Evil, Splinter Cell. I do not buy games from EA or Ubisoft anymore as they don't seem to care about the games or the experience the players have with them. Why do you think people keep buying unfinished games from these companies rather than waiting to buy better games from better companies like Naughty Dog and Santa Monica? Thank you, Jim Johns. Hey, JJ. Um... I mean, first off, the one thing I would address from that is that, unfortunately, you know, people just do both. I think people probably are buying good games from Naughty Dog and Santa Monica, but they're also buying the low-quality games. So it's not it's not even that people kind of have to make the decision, you know, one versus the other, because, you know, games are, as a, as a very general rule, brought out spread... spread spread apart enough that uh, lots of people, uh, if if they're in a fortunate position, are able to just, you know, afford to get both because mm. they're a month apart or whatever. Um, so sadly, it's not enough that there's a load of good alternative games coming out because people will just get both rather than like have to choose from one or the other. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. There's, there's, a, there's a number of reasons why people are, are buying these games. You know, 
and not all of them are unfinished. Mm. Some of them are just bad. Mm. You know, you look at uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. It's just a bad game. Yeah. Just a really bad game. Uh, so these these games, these non... I'm assuming when, when Jim Johns is referring to Naughty Dog and Santa Monica, we're talking big, AAA, single-player, narrative-driven yeah. experiences that are complete and don't need to be iterated on or really patched in any meaningful way. Yeah. Uh, you've, I mean, the other games, they, they come out more regularly for a start. Yeah, true. You, you're getting a, an Assassin's Creed game every couple of years. You're getting a Ghost Recon game every other year. Mm. You know, Watch Dogs every other year. It all just keeps rolling around. So these games are out almost every year anyway. Yeah. Sometimes you're getting two or three Ubisoft games a year. And, and people just want to buy them. Yeah. And they're also usually of decent quality. They're usually of decent enough quality. You're expecting... 80s maybe for most of these games 80% scores so you know you're getting a you may not enjoy them they may not be for you but you know far if you're getting a far cry game yeah it's going to be of a certain quality even if in my opinion you're playing the same game you've been playing for the past yeah. 5 years with a different you know coat so, yeah. of paint on it yeah i agree but the, yeah as much as that that is the case. They they do happen to just like look superficially enticing, and like yeah. you say, they're getting like eighty percent or whatever. So, yeah, people aren't going to be turned off enough no. in that respect. They also have a bigger marketing budget. You see them everywhere. You see them, you see Ghost Recon on buses. You see Far Cry mm. on TV spots before you know films at the cinema and all sorts of other things. So these these games permeate the more casual gaming audience far more yeah. than uh, let's say. Uncharted 4 would of, mm -hmm. even though, or would have, sorry, oh, how embarrassing. Would of. Would of. Uh, Uncharted 4, though, you know, these big games, they still have a really big marketing push, but they are ultimately targeted towards a core audience yeah. who, who are already invested in them. Uh, so another part of their allure that ties into the marketing is that they're, that they're an event. You know, these games coming out, they're, they're really special and they're not just going to be at, every single consumer gaming show mm. they'll they'll host be behind closed doors things they'll be at e3 for press but that's kind of it they'll show a trailer around that time uh, around the time of gamescom for example and then press will be able to play uh, a section yeah and and that'll be it whereas again going back to ubisoft or ea you're going to be able to play assassin's creed the month before it comes out at a show mm -hmm. you're going to be able to play far cry you're going to be able to play the new star wars game yeah you know battlefront 3 or whatever uh so really that they're, they're just these perceived lower quality games are just more available and people ultimately have games consoles because they want to play stuff yeah and if these games are more easily accessible and they're of reasonable quality people will keep buying them mm -hmm. Also, I mean, you know, we're only, I'm only sort of dealing with the examples given here by Jim Johns, and there might be, so, I, I love saying that name, Jim Johns, mm. uh, and there, there might be plenty of others that, that, that sort of break this rule. But looking at that, you know, EA, Ubisoft, Activision, those games, games by, by those companies, as a general rule, are released uh, multi-platform. Multi uh, whereas you look at something by you know Naughty Dog, for example, that's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. Mm -hmm. um, and so if those things are going out on all platforms, you only have to, in a way, you, you only have to satisfy a slightly smaller section of the pie percentage-wise because that percentage spread across several platforms means you're still going to do massive numbers on your sales. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, you know, it might not even necessarily be that these games continue to be made because loads of people are buying them, like proportionally. It's more like loads of people are buying them cumulatively because when they're spread across several uh, several platforms, your sales are going to be higher anyway, and that supports games like this being made. Even if if you actually broke down and, and looked at the stats, you know, I, I don't know the answer to this, but maybe it's the case that like a Naughty Dog game on PlayStation sells more than an Ubisoft game on PlayStation alone. Mm. Um, it probably isn't actually the case, but you know, it would be interesting to see those stats and how they compare. Yeah, and moving on to Jim John's other point about mm-hmm. the fact, you know, when when will the corporate greed end? It won't, unfortunately. No, no, never will. The main the main point is though, when you're talking about unfinished products to to maximize profits, you're talking, I'm assuming, about microtransactions and season passes and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's I, th- I feel like I don't want to keep picking holes in them, but Ubisoft in particular, their big games seem to launch with about three or four different tiers every time. Yeah. So you can get the gold, Assassin's Creed gold bundle. It'll come with a season pass and some in-game boosters and stuff. Skins. And I things. hate that. I mm. absolutely hate that. And there's a good chance that a lot of other people hate that as well and probably don't even buy it. They just buy the base game, not yeah. even knowing that that exists. But if you want... it's 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 a... It's a it's sort of a tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. If you want something to change, you have to not buy it. Yeah. And the more people that don't buy it, the better. And I know that it feels futile sometimes because, you know, it's Assassin's Creed and I will come. I want to play the new Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I don't like the fact that there's a gold and a platinum and a silver package or whatever the hell it is. Mm. But I do, you know, I want to play the new Assassin's Creed, so I'm going to buy it. But the fewer people that do buy it and do buy the premium versions, the more they'll take a step back And look at that. And that goes for, again, talking about Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which was reviewed so poorly that it caused Ubisoft to delay most of the games from their original sort of release points that they had in the pipeline Mm -hmm. because they needed to go back and rework them. And and this this was the low point for them. This was the breaking point (laughs) for them where they realized that actually, oh, okay, something is unsustainable here. We're seeing low sales. We're seeing really poor reviews. Our method is flawed. Mm. Let's go away and fix that. And and that's how that's how it happens a lot of the time. Something really bad happens, like the Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yeah. Or people just stop buying it or a combination of both. Mm -hmm. And then when something good comes along, like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, yeah. which is probably what you're referring to in terms of something that is a complete product, even though it, it was didn't, glitchy, didn't really work very yeah. well. Uh, people, Lots of people bought it. And that te- that sends a very clear signal. Well, they're talking about it that now, people about want... doing another one. Well, now, exactly. Yeah, yeah. People, people want that. People, There's a huge audience for mm. that uh, that will support it sometimes just by virtue of the fact that they don't feel like they're being taken for a ride that they've bought a game and then they're having to continue to pay money into it to get the full experience. Yeah, and it's nice to sort of see that actually happening, both in terms of EA being told, hey, do more of this, and Ubisoft being told, hey, do less of this, because Mm. I think there is definitely a sense of futility in that, you know, if you'd asked me even just six months ago, like, do you think the corporate greed will ever, or do you think these practices will ever, you know, even be remotely toned down? I probably would have said no, and, you know, even if... uh, even if the advice is, well, vote with your wallet, you know, don't, if, if you don't like something, don't buy it. I would, and this is a really bad philosophy and really bad example to, to live by, but I would have said like, well, you know, you can choose not to buy the latest Assassin's Creed, but like, 
everyone else is going to. So you, mm. what's the point? You may as well just buy it. That's a really bad way to live. That's like <laughs> saying, well, I'm not going to go and vote because, uh, you know, the people who I don't like yeah. always win. It's impossible um, to live ethically as well. Yeah. You can't. There's, there's no way to, to live perfectly. No. You'd be miserable. You but, wouldn't be able to do anything. But I'm evidently being proven wrong because finally people are saying, no, Ubi, yeah. stop it. Ubi, stop. Ubi, stop. Yeah. And EA, EA, more like, keep doing it. Keep doing that. But you can also stop with Anthem. You can yeah. stop that one. No, they're, they're uh, still doing plenty of bad things. No, yeah. they definitely are. <laughs> it's it's not perfect, but it's, it's clearly improving or something's yeah. changing anyway. It will so. be interesting to see how these business models sort of uh translate to ps5 and mm. the and the and the new generation that's coming and whether people will stand for it yeah what we've got to remember though is that we're in an echo chamber mm. we are surrounded we run in circles where people have very similar opinions yeah but we're not the majority we are that we are the hard we are the hardcore minority mm. there are maybe two million three four five million really in-tune video game enthusiasts, perhaps on the planet. Right. And the PS4 has sold 106 million units. People do not have the same understanding of how the industry works no. that we do. They don't follow the journalistic coverage. No, just... and they don't need to. You know, this no. is this is a passion for us. Oh, yeah. For them, gaming is just a thing they want to do to unwind when they get home. And as mm -hmm. much as that's a thing that we like to do as well, the fact that we go one step further in in following along with coverage and what's going on and we know who's making these games and what goes into making these games and the financial situations involved and the financial stakes involved uh and the fact that you guys are listening to this and watching this we're we are probably all of the same opinion but we're not the majority yeah so it's going to take a lot for these things to change if the uninformed majority continues to support it because they don't know any different or you know it's not this isn't to be seen as me sort of ragging on them in any mm. way because they just genuinely don't care and that's fine no yeah exactly you know? like, no ultimately obliged to you just don't it. have to buy it yeah you know that's 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 the bottom line here it's not you know it's not life or death it's not really that important in the grand scheme of things it's but just a game ninja it's, it's just, just a, game. a game ninja it's just a game so don't as much as we want things to change mm. if they are going to it's going to take a while because while we may, may all be singing from the same hymn sheet, the the vast majority of people don't even know there's a hymn sheet to sing from. Yeah. Uh, a, a guy who came to give me a Tesco delivery the other day brought it into my kitchen for me, which is very nice. They don't always do that. Oh. And I don't uh, let them into my house. Don't you? No, I I, I just sort of... Take it at the door. I just, I just put on my rubber gloves so I don't have to touch them. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, I've got a, a glass coffee table and underneath the pane of glass I've got a load of old games and he started talking about games while I was standing there unpacking it and uh, he, he was talking about what he'd been playing recently and he said, oh yeah, I've, uh, I've been playing that Death that death Standing mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah and he said, yeah, that was like really weird like I really, so, you know, he was one of those people who right. evidently didn't really know what Kojima does, probably. He didn't even really get the name of the game right, which mm -hmm. is fine. And it's, that's just one of those people. And those people are out there who they just sort of pick up a thing they've seen on the shelf in the, in the shop and think, oh, yeah, okay, I'll try this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're just sort of uh, not, not fumbling around, but, no. they're, yeah, just sort of suck it and see. 
They're living by the rule of suck it and see. What on earth does... What is that? Have you never heard that No, that I phrase? haven't heard that Our phrase. Our maths teacher used to say it, and we all used to think it was very funny. Has he been U-treed? Yeah, possibly. Oh, that's yeah. weird, that one. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, so... That's that. I hope that helps. I hope yeah. that I can't even remember what we were talking about. I've just been so thrown off by that phrase. Suck it and see. No, that felt like a big discussion, but it wasn't. It wasn't. I actually switched these around because oh. I felt like the big discussion I selected instead is more topical. Yeah. Uh, because there have been recent developments, so that's why I switched them around. It's time to move on to that big discussion. It's big discussion time, Peter. The big discussion. Yep. Comes from Connor Palmer. Connor. Palmer. 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 Con or Palmer? Mm. Would you rather con or Palmer? Uh, I'd rather Palmer. Mm, okay. I think. Yeah. Uh, con or Palmer says, Hello, Ben and Peter, oh. and the rest of the team. Hi. Hi, James. He, he might actually hear that, and that will really confuse him, so I shouldn't, uh, shouldn't Should do it too loud. Just, yeah. uh, with, the, with the news that Sony is skipping E3 for the second year in a row, and more news about the event not being as good and renowned as it has been in prior years, with much less announcements... I think he means fewer. I think he means more. Uh, do you see E3 possibly being dropped with companies hosting their own presentations? Sony and Nintendo with State of Play and Directs, for example... I used to stay up and watch them, but now I've got to the point of just watching highlights of the event due to this, uh, and overall being disappointed. Hope to get your opinions. This, it says. On Sorry, this. I've been a bit mean to Connor Yeah, it's there. really rude. It's a good question, though. Thank you, Connor, very yes, much. Yes, thank you, Connor. Connor, we've uh, actually spoken at length about this numerous times. Mm. There's a video we've made all about it called Is E3 Dead? That yeah. will probably give you every single answer you could possibly want. Yeah. Uh, go go and look that up. I'll also put it in the link dump if I remember. The main reason I chose this, though, is because there have been more developments this week um, in the past week or so about who's actually going to be there. Mm. We've had a, another high-profile dropout, Peter. Yes. It's Hideo Kojima's best friend. That's right. Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley is not going to be there. No. He was asked, wasn't he? I think. Go and ask. I think he did a tweet. In his quote, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a quote here from Kotaku, which I'll read quickly. I've made the difficult... This was on Twitter. I've made the difficult decision to decline to produce E3 Coliseum referring to the series of live streams developer interviews he had put together for the last few years. For the first time in 25 years, I will not be participating in E3. Keeley had attended every E3 show since the show began. I think E3 needs to become more digital and global, he said in a Twitter reply to someone asking about decision. It's a brand that means a lot to a lot of people. Yes, I'm sorry, there's a brand that means a lot to people, mm. but it shouldn't just be a show floor. Oh. How do you read? How do you read into that? What do you What do you make of that, Jeff? Well, it's 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 a pretty big deal that like someone who has been to twenty five E threes mm. is now making the decision not to be there. And I think it's pretty clear he's not just doing it because uh, sorry, I'm going to a wedding that day. Mm -hmm. He's like, he, I think he's well aware that it's kind of on its way out. In or yeah. that might be the wrong choice of words, but yeah, it's certainly uh, changing. Not, yeah, it's changing. It's not as maybe prestigious or as exciting as it used to be um which is so, a real bummer because i've always wanted to go to e3 and we're getting to the point where we might be able to justify going in maybe not this year but next year and it's we not might even going to be this go. everyone's going to be allowed it's not going to be a press event anymore there's going to be no conf press conferences no from there. there yeah um Bugger. so 
I yeah, I I think it is actually a bit of a, a portent that Jeff Keeley is, is has made the decision not to attend this time. Yeah. Um I think I think there is some significance in that. No, definitely. Um, the poor well, I say the poor maybe not the poor, ESA, Entertainment Software Association, mm. that puts on E3. It has high-profile members, you know, with the likes of, of Microsoft and Sony being involved, or yeah. at least certainly key people from those companies. Uh, they've got a vested interest in obviously making this a thing that is going to succeed and make them a lot of money, which mm. is why they've opened their doors to more people. But clearly that's not gelled well with everyone, in particular Mr. Keeley, who who doesn't think it should just be a show floor, well, which I'm not really sure what else E3 could become at that point besides a series of live streams, which it which it's always been, just to play devil's advocate. Yeah. What does he mean by that? Well, yeah. I mean, it is... All right, there's there's a physical aspect to it, but it's, I don't think he's actually suggesting that you know there shouldn't be so yeah in a way what is he what is he suggesting suggesting because it yeah it's live streams they're digital there should still be a physical component that people can go along to hmm. that that's what it is now and that's I, what it has been for a decade or i love more. e3 i've never been to e3 so the show floor aspect has never made any impact on me whatsoever yeah. so i don't really understand what he means mm. when he says it, it shouldn't just be a show floor is it is that maybe some sort of protest because it's become far less press focused and and as you said it's it is less prestigious now that anyone can buy a ticket and go along so he is actually thinking or maybe let's dial it back a little bit yeah it needs to return back to how it was but then obviously the esa let loose thousands of journalists personal information yes which is a huge breach yes so do journalists even want to go yes they still do actually i'd still go even though the risk is there that i could be doxxed by the esa well the esa of i don't know if this is just coincidental or if they're actually trying to do some damage control here but according to gamesindustry.biz this headline is the is the the best it just makes it sound like they're just scrambling this came out just after uh, Jeff Keeley said he wasn't coming. So Jeff says, not going. And then almost immediately, uh, ESA names 10 companies still attending E3. Ah. Uh, don't worry. Oh, God. They're still going to be there. They'll be all right. Uh, we've got them right here. Um, several outfits will, will be there, including Xbox, Nintendo, Ubisoft, Bethesda Softworks, Sega, Capcom, Squeenix, Take-Two Interactive, Bandai Namco, uh, and Warner Bros., Warner Bros. Yeah. So the usual players, basically. Mm. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting them to not be there, you know. But no. It, but it is, they, it does feel like they're very much on the back foot. You know, mm. Sony's not coming again. Now, Jeff Keighley's not coming. Nintendo are there on the show floor, but they're not doing a press conference yeah. from there. Microsoft are there on the show floor, but they're not doing a press conference from there. EA, they're not on there, are they? Um, EA aren't there. No, they're not. They've been doing their satellite event for a while. I'm not sure if oh, there was yeah. some rumblings about them not even showing up with their satellite event this year. They the did EA that, play. Like the day before last time, didn't they? They did. Or, or maybe even on the day, was it? It was It was pretty much at the start of E3. But... Stadia's not there, which isn't a surprise because I wouldn't want to set up Google Stadia in, a, in an environment where everyone's competing for bandwidth. No, yeah. Uh, because it wouldn't work, yeah, which that's kind of defeats the point. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, but I mean, at least I think for as long as Ubisoft and Bethesda and I guess sort of Square Enix, Bandai Namco, maybe, maybe uh, if 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 there are going to be some press conferences from companies like that mm. uh, who are always bringing out, as we said in a previous question, 
good quality games, 80% sort of games, even if they're a little bit buggy at times on release. Yeah, a little bit repetitive. Yeah, then I think people will always want to watch. You know, I think the, the day that the ESA lose... Ubisoft and Bethesda are probably the two big ones there in terms of press conference. Then it's a little bit, it's a shaky ground going on from there, I think. Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. I think it's, it really, it's really standing the risk of just becoming another consumer show, which isn't a bad thing, hmm. but this is the only thing really that set E3 apart. Yeah. Gamescom has become a consumer focused show. Uh, Tokyo, game show doesn't have any press conferences at it anymore and that used to be one of the big gaming news destinations for the year yeah the gamescom e3 and tokyo game show then we had paris games week for mm-hmm. for a hot minute that yeah. was important and then it now isn't and you know i think a lot of these companies are realizing the these um these companies that are putting on these events are realizing that the the overhead the cost of putting on these mm. shows they can't justify it purely being a press-only event. So they have to get the public involved. But when the public get involved, it's not that the press stick their nose up at it, but it certainly lowers the prestige of those events. It certainly makes it less exclusive and makes it less likely for there to be anything, any news coming out of it. And increasingly, as we move away from traditional press conferences and the Nintendo Directs and the PlayStation, whatever the hell it's called, State of Play, and you've got, EA doing their EA Play stuff as well. It's it's seeming more and more likely that these shows are either going to continue to fade or they're just going to disappear entirely. Yeah, I mean, I, I even wonder whether any of it can be explained by people being more connected and digitally minded now. I mean, mm. I get, it's, a bit, it's a bit late for that to be the reason. I maybe would have expected that five or ten years ago. But, you know just just rolling with it like maybe because in in recent years everyone is just on social media you know every day Mm -hmm. um people are on on youtube all the time and twitter and stuff maybe these companies feel like oh we don't need to show our new stuff off at this specific event when we know that everyone's gonna have their eyes on it because people have their eyes broadly speaking on on the internet a lot more nowadays than they did sort of five or 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think they maybe they feel like, well, if we just do a state of play whenever we want, you know, August or or May or any any time of the year, then uh, people are still going to see it and they're going to see our game. We don't need to make sure our game is at this event where people are going to be watching. Yeah. Because people are always watching now and maybe that's why they feel we don't need to... Don't need it's to true. worry too much about that. And it's an incredibly tedious and boring aspect to, to come at it from. Mm. But you've got to remember that the the cost of flying however many people to an event, you know, or, yeah. or, or encouraging several companies all to fly to you to put on an event together where they've got to compete with one another, mm. when they could stay home and broadcast from a studio on whatever day they choose and dominate the news. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty alluring prospect from a business position. As much as I selfishly don't like it, because I like to see them all compete with each other, I yeah. like the spectacle of it. It's a, it's a one stop destination for video game hype. Mm-hmm. It's video game Christmas. Yeah, and it's being taken away from us by the Grinch of being sensible. Yeah, by the sensible Grinch. It's it just is. easier for them to not go uh, because they don't have to. I still think it's good to 
maybe go in the capacity that Nintendo does just to let people play their games. Mm. But like Nintendo, why would you do a press conference there when you've got to compete with everyone else? Yeah, Why would you true. do it? Why would you do it at some ungodly hour because it's the only time that you can fit in with everyone else when, you know, you can just do it whenever you want before or after everybody else is gone? Yeah. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to rent space. You don't have to get all the journalists in. Everybody can watch from home. Everybody yeah. can cover it at the same time. It makes sense as much as it sucks because I would love to have gone to E3 in its heyday, even mm. though E3 in its heyday was only a few years ago. Yeah. It's just dropping off at a rapid rate. So I don't know what the future holds, but it's probably not going to be long before it just becomes a consumer event and then it's not E3 anymore. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if maybe after a few years of, of lull where there's not this big video games Christmas, as you say, mm. maybe maybe someone will kind of come out the woodwork and say, hey, so we're, we're putting this event on uh, in in the summer. Um, maybe Sony, do you want to come and do a few trailers? Maybe uh, mm-hmm. Microsoft, do you want to come? I don't know. I don't know if anyone has has enough uh, oomph to be able to yeah. just come out of no... Jeff, just Jeff. solo Jeff. It's basically the Game Awards. That's what it the Game Awards yeah, are. The, the Game, Game Awards, Awards features say. more exclusive reveals now yeah. than E3 does. As I was describing that really telling. thing, I was like, this is just the Game Awards <laughs> I'm talking about. Gamescom but. opening night live, if they do that again yeah. this year, that might continue to gain traction because... Companies don't need to physically be there. Mm-hmm. They can just send a couple of trailers and that's it. And then it's a fun little mini war rather than let's pour millions yeah, of dollars into, and into putting on this people. big show. We've got to pay the man to say world premiere. We've got yeah. to, you, know, you know how much that guy costs? It's loads. expensive. It's loads of money. We just keep him in a box all the time. We've got him on retainer so mm-hmm. he doesn't go over to PlayStation. Mad. Uh in other related news, Sony aren't going to be at PAX East either because no. of coronavirus. The coronavirus, they so don't want to go. Sony aren't going to be anywhere. If you no. want your Sonys, just go to Sony HQ. Can I can I say something? Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned now. About what? About Sony not coming to anything. Oh, I thought you meant about coronavirus. No, I, think I don't care. I'll just take me. Just, just kill me. I right. don't care. Um, You're concerned about Sony not coming to things. I am, yeah. I th- I'm really hoping that when they eventually announce this event, presumably where they're going to talk about the PS5, which hopefully isn't too much longer, yeah, uh, they'll then start to open up again. I th- I feel like they if they aren't going to go to any consumer shows, be it for Corona, be it for deadly viruses, yeah. or because they don't like the ESA, they need to they need to re- start doing PSX again, PlayStation Experience, yeah. where they had their own press conference, and that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. That was so good, a, f- a focused event about them and the brand. Perfect. Yeah, you're not competing with anyone. You can still do states of state of play, and I realized that putting on an event all for you extremely expensive, mm-hmm. but what a way to encourage community growth and yeah. to get people excited about things that you're working on. But as it stands, they've got absolutely nothing. Yeah, It's February, it's nearly March, and we've had nothing. It would be nice to think that the reason they're doing that is because you know, they know they've got a new, a new generation coming out soon, uh, and they really haven't, haven't released, or I guess there are some releases later on this year that, that are quite enticing, but uh, I kind of feel like they've not actually had too much to talk about anyway mm. um, at these events. Like, you know, what would they have actually shown at E3 last year? Yeah. Like, I don't really know. Maybe like one or two things, but you know, hopefully, 
the reason they've not been attending is because they feel like we don't have a, a massive like sort of package of things that we can like compete with with the other conferences uh, with. So we're not going to bother showing up and doing like oh, here's here's three games we're doing. Right. Um, so yeah, maybe when they've got a new a whole new platform to work with, and hopefully there's a bunch of exciting exclusives coming out, they might feel the need to start showing up to these things again. But, yeah, yeah. I, I hope they're just being quiet because they're building something yeah exactly and then they can just explode and be like okay we're back we've been quiet for the last year because the wind down of the console yeah that's what i here mean here we yeah. go mm. that's yeah i mean that's best case scenario they may just continue to be weird and quiet and, the, yeah. and then and then they start to annoy people which is yeah not what they want at all right there you go let us know what you think about all that, that in the big. comments below. Very big. Mm. Let's move on to the end of the show. Peter, if people wanted to get in contact with us, how would they do that and how would they find us? We're a Team Triple Jump, flipping everywhere. Yeah. YouTube.com and Twitch.tv uh, forward slash Team Triple Jump. It's where all our content goes out. We've got videos on YouTube, of course. That's what it's for. Mm -hmm. And also mm -hmm. streams on Twitch and YouTube, which are modded in both cases by Lord Brotovich and Cecil Prumps. Thank you. Thank you. Our social medias are twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon is over on Facebook, the Elden Ring, just looking after looking after the Facebook. So yeah. he's there doing great work. Uh, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash, you guessed it, team triple jump. No way. You can ask questions for the podcast. You can uh, see worst games ever early. You can get exclusive access to a special room in our Discord, which mm -hmm. is bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump, modded by Jack, Joe, and Crimson Dragonfly. There's all kinds of rewards on that Patreon. Uh, the podcast, if you're watching on video, is available in audio form at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. Hmm. And the website is triplejer.merp. We got a shop. We got careers, not right now. Well, we don't but, have careers, but, but we we've got a page for careers that doesn't have anything on it at the moment. Yeah, is it even live? Maybe not. Might not even be there. I think it might be there, but empty. But I'm not sure. Either way, no jobs currently. No, go away. We have uh, lists, Peter. Every Tuesday and Thursday streams. Every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. Monday, Tuesday being on Twitch, the solo streams. Thursday being the joint Blaze It stream on YouTube. Worst games ever. It's fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier. That's $5, isn't it? It is. And Sunday for everybody else. It is a Worst Games Ever week. Mm -hmm. There will be an episode of Worst Games Ever tomorrow for everybody, and it would have been yesterday at the time of release for patrons. the patrons. Podcast every Saturday. Shows every other week. Now, you can follow Peter and I on Twitter, if you like, at that Peter Austin and at Confused underscore Dude, and on Instagram, at that Peter Austin and at Ben Potter 20. I changed my PSN name to that Peter Austin now. Did you? Have you done it? Yeah, because it, I, didn't, I wasn't able to do it before because yeah. it was a, like an offensive term. Some, oh, somewhere in there. Yeah. So, they, so Peter is no longer an offensive term now. Yeah, it's not an Brilliant. offensive term. So I'm now. That Peter Austin, which That's is so nice because it just matches everywhere, which is good. Don't try and add me. I don't add anyone who I don't know. You so. need to lock down your friend request. That's I what already I've have done. done. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I mean. Don't don't bother looking for me because I'm not there. You won't find me. No. I'm a ghost. Leave us a review on iTunes, won't you? Please. It helps. Something to do with algorithms. Now, obviously, this week we've got worst games ever, but also we had a world exclusive stream on world YouTube. Premiere. Of Murder by Numbers, mm. which is a fantastic little puzzle game. It comes from uh, the glorious minds of uh, behind Hattoful Boyfriend. Yeah. And uh, among other things, I think it's got music from the Ace Attorney musical person. 
brilliant little game. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be one of two people, the other being Hannah, formerly mm-hmm. of the Oxcast, who we worked with a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, to to stream the game for the first time. So if you're interested in that game, you're interested in puzzle games, please come check it out. It's going to be on Switch and Steam and and all sorts of other places, mm-hmm. I think. So we'll have the full details on the stream. The VOD will be going up on Monday. Uh, so go check it out. Yeah, go check that out. Right, just uh, enough time to talk about today's sponsor. Who is it, Ben? It's Doom Fraternal. It's a new movie. It's directed by Paul Feig of Bridesmaids, The Heat, and the Ghostbusters all-female remake uh, fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, it stars Kristen Wiig as Greg and Melissa McCarthy as Johanna's two brothers who are who have survived the end of the world. Mm-hmm. There's a demon invasion. They befriend a demon called Jeremy. Jeremy. It's all it's all fun. They're a couple of bumbling fools. You won't believe the hijinks they get into. <laughs> it's crazy. Paul Feig just lets them do whatever they want, as Paul Feig tends to do. Mm. And wow, comedy brilliance. You should go check it out. It's in cinemas in March. That's real. It's a lie. Okay, we'll see you all next time. Enjoy your weekend. Take care, everybody. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.